WJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Time to bring in Brian Keel, former BYU linebacker. He joins us on the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Brian, good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Good. So is the glass half empty or the glass half full? The good news is there's a BYU game, it's a home game, the Cougars are favored by a couple touchdowns, maybe a little more than that, depending on where you are, and then you got the bad news, which is you're not going to have the pageantry, you're not going to have the roar of the crowd. So where are you? How good are you feeling about this game? Uh, I'm, You know, I, I like to see things for what they are, and I definitely am more of an optimist than a pessimist, and um, so... That, that glass is, glass is half full, in my opinion. And to me, you know, I this season was in serious jeopardy. There's a lot of lot of kids not playing right now. A lot of schools not playing. I I'm always the type to be grateful for what you have. And so, you know, as a BYU fan, I'm grateful that we have games, um, that we have a season. If if I was a player on the team, I'd be grateful that I have an opportunity to go play the game that I love. And hopefully, the kids have that mentality and to me i you know in my opinion i thought that this was always going to be a possibility that you have games with no fans um versus you not having a season at all so you know i just be grateful go out there and do what you can take care of business and win football games yeah i would think that under the circumstances because this season wasn't jeopardy and you've already had one game postponed the fact that you have no fans is freaky but because of the situation, it'll actually work to your advantage in terms of just being all sorts of fired up. Because you literally don't know. It's a cliche. This could be your last game. Well, we literally don't know if they'll play again. This could be their last game. Who knows? So in terms of no fans, I don't really see it as being an issue because I think if I'm a football player, the fact that I'm playing a game, I'm just going to be totally jacked up that I have a game to play. Exactly. Absolutely. And I mean, these guys, they're, they're extremely competitive. And so the fact that there's not fans there, it, it, it does make a difference. And I think it makes more of a difference in football than in basketball or, or baseball, because especially you know, every third down, I mean, for the, for the home team, that, that's a big advantage and the crowd gets wild and it's a big aspect of the game. So I think football, a fanless football game is definitely more different than any other sport. That being said, I mean, you put these guys, I mean, you could put them in a gym with a ping pong table and, you know, they're going to get bloody. I mean, they're just competitive. They're going to they're gonna play hard. They're, they want to win. That's just the way they're wired. And, you know, I, when, it, when the whistle blows to, uh, on the opening kickoff, a lot of that stuff disappears and it's time to play ball. Brian Keel joining us, former BYU linebacker. So it's time to play ball. Here comes Troy. Does Troy have any chance to slow down the BYU running game, or is the offensive line going to get it done? So th- this will be a great opportunity for us to um, to see. Oh, so you know, you look at in years past, um, we've had we've had great signature wins. Great. Just look at last year. You know, signature wins. And then you, we followed that up later in the season with just ugly losses versus teams that we really have no business losing to. And so if you look at our schedule this year, our, our remade schedule, it's mostly teams that we have no business losing to, and that's no offense to them. Their, their program's just uh, different than ours, and um, it is what it is. 
that doesn't mean we can't lose to these teams. It doesn't mean we can't lose to Troy or some of the other teams on our schedule this year. Um, we absolutely have to come out and show up and, and take care of business. But what I would like to see for this coaching staff and for this program is to take a step forward and to, to right the wrongs of the last, not just last year, but several years where we have lost stupid games. And I just would like to see us come and impose our will and, and this whole season against, against lesser opponents. And it, it should just be domination every week. And that's what I expect to see from the offensive line. I, I expect them to do exactly what they did against Navy, which was dominate. They absolutely dominated. And I, I expect that. I don't, I don't hope for it. I, I expect it. I do have a little concern in terms of you speak of these programs. I can't argue with you. They are lower-profile pro- programs, lower on the pecking order. But my concern would be that I – and I would tell my guys this and see what you agree, disagree. Hey, Troy's coming in here. Troy doesn't normally get a lot of run. They're going to be on national television on a Saturday night, and they're going to be playing in a place that, you know, that BYU has a reputation. It's a national program in that respect. People know of BYU football, uh, even if it's not as what it once was. We still know of BYU football. You're going to be in a part of the country that you never have been in, most likely, for a lot of these kids down there in Alabama. So the point being that that ought to provide them with all sorts of motivation to just lay it all out there. And I think BYU needs to be aware of that. Absolutely, 100%. And, and, and if you look at some of the games that we've lost over the last couple of years that we quote-unquote shouldn't have lost, I think it, that's a big factor. Um, and, and that's what makes sport so exciting is the, the upset, it is the, the Cinderella, it is the underdog, and the opportunity to, 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 you know, the ball can bounce any which way and any – Anything can happen on any given Saturday, and that's why it makes it so exciting. And so, you know, when I say what I say, that that, it, that there's no disrespect in those words. Um, I don't, you know, back when when I was there, Bronco, on one of the walls somewhere, there was these words. It was, if I remember right, it was fear no one and respect everyone. And so that applies. Like if if you're if you've got Clemson on the schedule, that applies to, to Clemson. Like if if I was. You know, I, I never got to play someone like that. I would have loved to have played a perennial powerhouse. You know, they played USC when I was on my mission. I missed those games. I would have loved to have been with those games. But my mindset, if I'm playing a USC back in their heyday or right now a Clemson or an Alabama, I respect, obviously, the crap out of them, but I don't fear them. I, I, I wouldn't have an ounce of fear in my body with that game against them. And, and it, so that goes for when you're the, the extreme underdog. And it also goes when you're the favorite. So if you're playing Troy or, or some of these other uh, programs that are on our schedule this year, you, you respect them. You respect everyone. And that's part of that, that phrase because anybody can, can, can beat you. And so just because you expect to win, that doesn't mean you don't respect them. You absolutely have to show up and take care of business because they're going to be hyped and they would love to knock you off. Brian Keel joining us, former BYU linebacker. So the question is, yes, they would love to knock you off. How might they do it? I think the one thing we see with Group of Five and also with the championship subdivision, the old one double A, you know, some players are easy to identify, especially in the line. You know, you just got the size or you don't. But at the skill positions, there are 
diamonds in the rough, and there are late bloomers, and there are people who get overlooked, right? Aaron Rodgers didn't have an offensive line, so the guy's got to play J.C. football because he never shined as a high school quarterback. And we know that Marshall Falk played at a group of five school and ended up being an NFL MVP. And Walter Payton and Jerry Rice played in the uh, um, the championship the subdivision. They got a, So yeah. we know these guys are out there, right? These guys' are complete, careers are complete. We know this. Do you fear that a little bit with Troy that, or any of these other games, you know, down the line with UTSA or whoever, that somewhere out there there's some wide receiver yeah, you haven't heard of who's going to end up being in the NFL and is going gonna, is gonna to have a game? Yeah, absolutely. Um, every team in the NFL I played on, um, there was uh, not just one or two, but a handful of players that came from, you know, basically no-name programs and – absolute just monster studs and always what how did that guy you know go to that program um and it just happens recruiting is what it is there's late bloomers people get missed um things happen and so every program has got guys and troy has guys and um they're gonna have you know they have a handful of guys athletes and and they can absolutely they can bite you in the butt and if you look over the last couple years you know that's one of the things, you know, I love our coaching staff, and I think they've done a great job, um, and I give credit where credit's due, and I give criticism where criticism's due. And, and one of the criticisms is they haven't taken care of business in all of their games against the quote-unquote lesser opponents. And so that's what, you know, I'd like to see them do. And, um, you know, these, these guys could absolutely get us. If you look at the Navy game, um, it, it wasn't by any means a perfect game. It was pretty dang close. Um, on on defense, you know, we gave up a couple big runs, and that was you know really the only flaws on defense. On offense, really the only mistake that we made was that interception. And, um, and honestly, I don't think that interception um, was really. I think it was a combination of the receiver and the quarterback. I think they were both at fault. Um, definitely wasn't all on Wilson. But I've you know been on this program for a couple years now, seeing Wilson's trade. I think he absolutely is. A, a superstar talent and has a very, very high ceiling. Um, I think he's a next-level talent. He has that ability. Um, he, he, he has to develop it. He's, he's got a long ways to go to get there, but I think he has, he has that potential and he has, he has that arm strength and that arm talent. One of his weaknesses has been turning the ball over. That's been one of his weaknesses his whole career. Um, that happened in game one. You asked how can Troy beat us um, if, if we don't take care of the football. That's the, the biggest key to winning any football game is ball security. So, you know, if we, if we don't take care of the football, that's one of the ways that they can beat us. So you've mentioned multiple times here just in these last few minutes the games they should have won last year, and I can't disagree with you. You know, they, they should have been a 9-10 win team last year, and that's a huge difference between 7-6, and six, obviously, to go 10-3 uh, and three or whatever it might be. Uh, I'm wondering, and since you've noticed it and you've made mention of it, how much do you think that plays into recruiting? Oh, it's huge. I think it's absolutely huge, especially for us um, being independent right now and for the last decade. Um, I think so. If you look at recruiting, there's so many factors that play that play into why a kid chooses to come to a school. The coach is a factor. The, the college town is a factor. Like you know, USC. That's it, you, of course, kids want to come there. 
or Stanford's beautiful campus or, or Miami or Florida State, you know, you have those beautiful campuses and, you know, the atmosphere, the environment, you know, that plays into it. The, the success of the program, et cetera, et cetera, the conference, you know, SEC, I want to play in SEC football. And when Utah joined the Pac-12, their recruiting instantly went up because of the conference. There's so many factors that play into it. And one of the factors is winning, just winning. If you go, if you go out there and you win 10 games every year, your recruiting is going to grow up and increase every year. It's just going to happen. When you win seven games, you don't get that bump. And we really, really missed an opportunity last year with, with those early big wins that set us up for a 10-win season. And that it, it's just such a shame that we dropped those very winnable games late and kept us from that. And it does absolutely hurt our recruiting year over year. And, and for us, you know, obviously we'd like to get into a Power 5 conference. Um, right now that's not what's happening. And, and until that happens, one of the only ways that we can increase our recruiting is by just dominating and winning games and, and getting into a New Year's Six Bowl game and winning that game and finishing ranked. And so we dropped the ball, and it definitely hurt our recruiting. So it looks like BYU ought to win. The Vegas odds makers think BYU ought to win. How much do you think not knowing who these programs are, not having seen them on TV, not having followed the leagues they played in, in some cases, it would be interesting right now, don't you think, if the whole BYU team took a test and tried to name the nickname of all their opponents. How do you think they would score on a test like that? I don't think they'd score very well. Um, you know, some of, some of these programs, um, you know, shoot, I haven't even heard of them before. Um, you know, and, and that's no knock on them. They're in different parts of the country, and, you know, they, some of them, their fans might not have heard of BYU before. I wouldn't doubt it at all. So it goes both ways. Um, but, yeah, familiarity plays a huge role. Um, I mean, you, you look – like, you look in the NFL and you, you'll, you'll see um, – there's, there'll be some divisions with really good football teams, and because they play each other so much, there's other like just for instance, you know, I played in the NFC West, the Cardinals, the Rams, the Niners, and the Seahawks, and you know, the the, the Seahawks and the Niners have been really good for the last decade. And if you look at their interdivisional games, the Cardinals and the Rams always play them really tough. Even like even when the Seahawks were dominant a couple years ago when they had that you know historic defense. The Rams beat them several times, and the, the Cardinals beat them several times, even though they weren't very good. And the point is, when you're familiar, familiar with someone, it really helps you. And so to answer your question, yeah, you know, it, it, it's different playing these teams that you know nothing about. You have no background on them. You have no experience. Um, it does it, it is kind of open things up, and it's going to be a wild card. So in, in college, you know, you got those rivalries, and you got the so-called bigger games. In the NFL – uh, were, did you have any so-called bigger games? Did you get up more for some of the games as opposed to others? Yeah, absolutely. So the the the, the divisional games um, were were always were always big, and and not every division has those rivalries. But um, you know, I started off in the NFC East, which is like you know maybe one of the oldest divisions with, in terms of rivalries with with the Eagles, the Cowboys, and and the Giants and the Redskins, and they're just all these different dynamics. And, um, you know, those fans hate each other. And, I mean, just the Eagles alone, I mean, their fans are the worst. And, and so it, it, it is. It's a different game um, than, you know, say if you were 
playing for the Giants and then you played the Jaguars. Like that's not a natural rivalry, and it's just it's, it's a different game. And and so um, you know, in, in college and in the NFL, I think there's rivalries that in, that bump up the the level of the game, and then also just playing good teams. When you play a good team, then you know it it, it makes it exciting. And so you know, for for Troy to play us. Um, I, I think they're absolutely going to be up for it. Like I look at myself, and if I was on their program, um, you know, when you when you're on a, a program from a lesser conference or a lesser division, and you play someone from a bit, you have a chip on your shoulder, and 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 we'll see that. We'll see that in the game, and they're going to come out feisty, and you know, I fully expect that. So as long as you bring up the NFC East, two and six, and one of the wins was an interdivision game. What is wrong with those four teams? They're the worst division in football right now, even though they've got all this brand appeal and history that's fabulous. Right now, what is wrong? It's just so that, – that's why NFL is so awesome is because it can change so much from year to year. I mean, the NFC East was the premier – and they still – I think they still have the most Super Bowls within their division. They have the most Super Bowls. They're the most historic division, and – you know, the year before I got there, the Giants won the Super Bowl, and the NFC East put three teams in the playoffs. They're really good. Now they suck. Um, my first year in the NFC West, my first year for the Rams, our division was terrible. We put a, a losing, my first year with the Rams, we put a losing team, a 7-9 and nine Seahawks team, with a losing record in the playoffs. And they obviously they won a, a really upset against the Saints playoff team. But anyway, now you look at the NFC East, and they're probably the best division in football. Um, and it's it's just things change so fast in the NFL. The NFC East is embarrassing right now, and I feel I, I love the Giants organization. I've really appreciated the the ownership there and the front office, great people. And so to see them be so bad right now, it does it kind of hurts my heart. And I, I I think they're one of the flagship franchises in the in the NFL, and so I think the NFL is better off when they're good. And so I would like to see them get back to that. But it's, it's not looking good right now. Well, Brian, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for coming on. And uh, we'll see how the game goes Saturday night. Happy Saturday.